Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Well, hi there guys. Welcome back to, I think this is going to be one of our last episodes in our sexual gospel collection and it has been so incredible. I've got Nikki here again with us for the last time. Hey, Nikki. Hey, guys. How are you? Hello, Renee. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. good back. Yeah. Well, for those that perhaps are jumping in kind of backwards in, in the series, um, Nikki is a good friend of mine who teaches on this whole subject of sex and dating and singleness and everything else to do with this topic better than <laughs> anybody I know. Uh, she lives in the best place on earth, Byron Bay. It's true. This is true. It is. You never answered my question if you actually have ever bumped into Chris Hemsworth <laughs> and Matt Damon. I have not. My husband, Paul, the other day saw Chris somewhere. <laughs> so you'll be delighted to know. Or one of the brothers. I think it was, I think it was Thor, whoever that one is. <laughs> That's Chris. <laughs> okay. And I have seen, I mean, I see a lot of pro surfers, which is exciting to me. I don't get that excited about Hollywood celebrities, but oh. I see a lot of like pro surfers and board shavers and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And for people that go, what? That's because Nikki surfs. She used to <laughs> Three times a day, now it's once a day. Yeah, so sad. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't know how you and I are friends. I can't even stand up on a board. <laughs> oh, we've got other common ground, like Jesus. We do. We have lots of common ground. Oh, dear. But yeah, I've known Nikki for years. And honestly, Nikki, we've had the best feedback ever on this series, you know, from, from personally, from people writing in telling me they've literally cried their way through the series to youth pastors telling me that they're now going to do this series with their young people. Um, and you and I've been talking about how to get this into people's hands on a, some sort of digital level too, which we're kind of working on yes. thinking about. Um, so I just wanted to quickly, before we started on today's topic, some of the feedback that we've had, I got a really cute one the other day from a youth pastor on the sunny coast that said they listened to the boundaries for dating with the girls while they played with kinetic sand. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, only in Queensland would you play with kinetic sand and listen to a podcast. I loved that. It's such a great activity. Good on you girls. Totally. But this youth pastor was telling me how it really changed the girls' lives. Like they were walking around afterwards going, okay, so like I'm the diamond, right? And I'm in charge of my of security because you talked about us not, like, not letting people right. in, like a security door. And literally that her girls, she reckons, were walking in such freedom after listening to that one. Um, what else? I've heard, had people say, um, you know, it's the first time that they've heard education on this topic that isn't damaging. Yes, wow. Yeah, because I think often people feel like it can come across like this list of rules that if I don't keep them, I've just missed the mark. And you have been so gracious in the way that you've talked about this topic because you've lived it. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, today is the, well, look, today is kind of the last one in the series, but we are going to do an, a bonus episode, which I'm going to release straight after this too, of questions, because we've got a lot of questions that we're going to try and get through. But today we're going to end on a, talking about a season of singleness and what, how best to go about our single part of our life, I guess. 
Mm. Which we probably, maybe we should have done it before dating. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but it, I mean, it doesn't really matter as long as you listen to both and you can just work your way backwards because we started with sex. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> maybe we should have started with dating at the start and then virginity and purity and then sex and then. <laughs> yeah. We'll just link up to the Holy Spirit and you listeners. <laughs> yeah, no, singleness is, is really crucial. It's kind of cool, actually, how we have worked backwards. Maybe that's a Holy Spirit thing. Um, just starting those areas that are really, really high stakes and, and working back to the very beginning of where you should start. And so now we're at the, the season or the place where everybody begins, which is singleness. Yeah. Yes, totally. So... Tell me, um, I mean, you blew our minds on the dating one on, and the way that you articulated it. So I cannot wait for you to drop all your truth bombs on singleness um, because I feel like singleness is the season that we try and we either put up with or we try rush through to get to the, when our life really starts. Yes, and that is what I would like to address right away, if I may. Like I would begin uh, this podcast by saying to the listeners that marriage is not the goal of life and it's not your calling and um <clears throat> that's really important for us to to get a revelation of before we begin um pursuing romantic relationships and and building trust through dating because marriage isn't actually your destiny and this is where some some gals and guys can get it a little bit wrong and even make an idol out of marriage or an idol out of relationships yeah marriage isn't a destiny being single isn't a destiny it's a relationship distinction and it's not a destination, you know, exactly what you said, Renee, like I'm married and I've arrived, you know, what have you arrived at? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Happiness apparently. <laughs> yes. And we're going to talk about how, you know, ultimately another person is not your source of happiness alone, mm. um, but not yet. But, you know, marriage isn't the ultimate God-given destiny. It can be woven into your God-given destiny. And like many other things in life, um, but it isn't the means to the end. And if we, if we treat it that way, we're going to use marriage to define our purpose. Mm. And that gets really scary because um, your relationship status does not define your purpose. Um, otherwise, what about all the single people who are just single forever? Like, are they any less filled with purpose? No, that's not true at all. Yeah. Uh, Jesus was single. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Paul the Apostle was single for most of his life. And he actually said in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7, he says, I wish everyone was single, just as I am. Uh, yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. And he's saying there in that scripture that both marriage and singleness are gifts from God. He's saying God uses singleness greatly and he uses marriage uh, greatly too. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't want to... Uh, prefer one over the other when it comes to our calling just embrace where we're at and receive from God what we need to receive from him um, so let's not substitute as we begin this podcast girls and boys don't substitute your destiny for marriage okay mm -hmm. Genesis 218 it says it is not good for men to be alone it doesn't say it is not good for men to be single okay so if we are in communion with God and with other people okay we actually have all we need, all we need to walk out our God-given destiny, okay? You don't need a romantic relationship to do that, all right? So that's why being single is actually a gift. All right, now having said that, that's like my little disclaimer to start the, <laughs> to start the podcast. So we're in the right mindset. We're not in the mindset of like, how can I be not single? 
I'm not here to tell us how to be not single anymore. I'm here to tell us how to be single well. <laughs> um, so having said all that, marriage is totally awesome. Um, it is something that should be esteemed and treasured and valued and protected, actually. And it is a noble goal and a valid desire, okay? So it's not wrong to want to be married <laughs> either, okay? Um, but just remember that singleness is a crucial season in life. It's the season we begin in. And it's actually really crucial for our dating and our relationships. It's crucial because it forms the foundation that your marriage is one day going to stand on, right? Yeah. Um, and so lots of people, um, they don't even start thinking about laying a foundation for their relationships <laughs> until they're already in one, <laughs> until they're already pursuing someone, right? Yeah. And But when you're already in the relationship, isn't actually the best time to decide, you know, what your foundations are going to be, what your values are, what your priorities are, what kind of person you want to be with. You decide all that ideally while you're single. So that's what we're going to talk about. Singleness is what I would call, I used to call it in youth, the foundation laying time or the preparation time mm. for dating. Um, and so um, in every arena of life, uh, preparation is the key to success yes. uh, in sports, in academics and business and 100% in relationships too. <laughs> They're not like this magical, you know, otherworldly thing that doesn't require practical preparation um they're actually the only thing you can take he to heaven with you as well so they're actually really important um to prepare for and you know coaches don't just promise to to win games okay you have to prepare to win how do you do that you train all right listeners you don't promise mum and dad <laughs> to pass your exam you prepare how do you prepare you study okay you don't sign up for a marathon that you didn't train for why because marathons are really long <laughs> and you, you set yourself up for failure, really, if you sign up for a marathon. But how many people are signing up for marriage, which is a really long time? Yes. And they haven't prepared for it. They haven't trained for the marathon. That That's is good. a lifelong relationship, right? We've got people standing at the altar um, making promises that they haven't actually prepared for. Yeah. And that's what we want to help with today because you don't want to sign up for a lifelong relationship that you didn't train for. Um, and so ideally, guys, we, we train for marriage or prepare for marriage, prepare for the promises we're gonna make while we're single. Yes. And that does not mean making a really great Pinterest wedding board, okay? That's preparing for the wedding, but preparing for the wedding is not the same as preparing for the marriage, right? Okay, so preparing for the wedding fun. So one thing, one thing that I used to do before I had kids, but I was a teacher is I would look at all the kids in my class who's um, the kids that I liked, <laughs> the kids that had good manners that just, I was like, when I have kids one day, I want my kids to be like that. And I then went and asked the parents, I would go and ask all these parents, what did you do? And there was this common thread that came out of it. And people now ask me, well, oh my gosh, like your kids are so good. How come you got such good kids? But it was the preparation. I thought about it before I had kids. And so this is what you're saying is we need to think about this, even maybe watching other people who's, who are doing singleness well or who are doing marriage well to be watching them and seeing what they're doing. 
A hundred percent. That's a great picture to use. We do the same thing when we have a baby. We, well, I never went prenatal classes. Okay. But I read a couple of books, but you know, you nourish your body, you feed your body the right things. You don't just get pregnant and then rock up to the hospital with absolutely no preparation. Like you need a cot, you need nappies and baby clothes. No one wants to bring a baby home to an empty house. Right. Um, you can, and God work with what you give him, but we, to prepare is to succeed. You know, you want to do it well. We're talking about doing it well and in the best way, right? Um, and so ideally, if I were um, teaching on this, uh, I would have a whiteboard and you can imagine one in your minds right now, listeners, <laughs> um, and I would draw a house on it. And um, I would say, let's say that house represents your marriage, okay? The this ideal relationship. Um, and every house is built on a foundation. Okay, so now we're going to talk about foundations. All right. Now let's imagine that that foundation beneath the house represents what you build into your life while you're single during the season of singleness. That's what we're talking about today. Okay. And we will talk about that shortly. But before I talk about the specific foundations that we build into our life during singleness. I want to talk about foundations in general uh, because I got a, a lot of revelation out of this from my dad, actually, who's a builder. Okay. And uh, years ago, when I was preaching on this at youth group, I remember I called him and I asked him, I said, Dad, um, tell me about the process of building a house. And I didn't tell him what I was speaking on because he kind of influenced what I spoke on. <laughs> but I was like, just tell me, tell me about building a house. And he go, one of the first things he said was, the strength of a house is in what's underneath. Mm -hmm. And he goes, it's in the foundation. And he said, it takes the longest to build it out of all the parts of the house. It takes the longest to build because, listen, it's the most critical part. Okay, everything in the house can ultimately be fixed if you make a mistake. Okay, he said you can get the plumbing wrong and you can get the electricity wrong and the roof can be a bit wonky and, you know, you might lay the wrong style carpet. It's a pain to fix it, but it's possible. It can be fixed. But if you build a house on a foundation that isn't laid correctly, it is nearly impossible, he said, to rectify it. It is near impossible because it throws the entire level of the house off. And so everything you measure from this point on is going to be off. It's going to be slanted. It's going to be a massive pain to try and get the walls correct and everything. Okay. And it's just going to make everything misaligned. Okay. So this is why singleness is such a gift of a season because it's giving us a chance to get the foundations right so that we're not trying to figure stuff out and it feels wonky once we're already in a relationship. Right. And um, because if it's, if the foundations aren't laid correctly, guys, you either, if one of two things has to happen, you either have to tear the entire house down, which is what happens most of the time. And they actually call that a condemned property. It gets condemned. Okay. And, uh, and that, you know, a lot of marriages get torn apart from cracking. Oh. We see cracks in the relationship and the foundation and that's, um, it's devastating. It's traumatic for people. And the other thing is, um, 
sometimes you can save a house with a with a bad foundation but it's really 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 costly to fix it and you've got to inject the soil with chemicals and it's this massive process that costs thousands of dollars per square meter and even that might not save it but in, even if it does um, it's a costly journey of restoration and so today we're we're not talking about building houses on weak or unstable foundations we're going to talk about how we can build things into our life that make it a strong foundation right because you know it doesn't actually matter what style the house is if we can go with my analogy for a bit longer you know it doesn't matter sort of how pretty the benches are or how good the appliances are or whether you have the latest technology and all this stuff if a house's foundation is is bad or it's weak it can it'll still crumble doesn't yeah. matter how good you make it look and you know renee how many like relationships do we see where you know they're the partner's attractive and they're anointed and they're gifted and they've got a great job but it actually doesn't matter those things won't matter if the relationship isn't built on the right foundation it'll still crumble and the price is so much higher yes you're actually you've walked down the aisle and you say i do or you've got kids or the price is higher that everyone pays Yes, and that is exactly what you said. The stakes are so much higher because when a house crumbles, people get hurt if there's people living inside them. And, you know, if you haven't laid good foundations in your single life, um, you have the potential to hurt the person that you end up with. And because your life and your heart, it might not have the structural integrity to handle a relationship. So concentrate on the foundations. And it's funny, my dad, my dad says <laughs> from his own personal experience, he's like, oh, all the most impatient clients that I have um, think nothing is getting done when they're in the foundation stage and they get impatient and they're like, what's going on? You know, like, I can't see anything. There's nothing being built. Yeah. And uh, he's like, it's because all the critical work is happening underneath the ground, yeah. you know, and the higher you want to go and the bigger and wider Wider, or the, the bigger the building, the bigger the house, the, the bigger and wider and deeper the foundation has to be. Right? Yeah. And we, we, we try to build houses before foundations when it comes to our relationships. Don't you think? Like we, we want to build something. We want something that looks really good and feels really good. And, and we want to go super fast, like impatient clients, like my dad. But, and we can tend to be, like you said, Renee, um, impatient and rush into a relationship. But we have to ask first, what are we actually building this relationship on? Because uh, the strength of that relationship is going to be what you built in your life already. You know, and so, and it's funny because he says the structure, like the visible part of the building when it comes to building houses, he's like, that's actually the fastest part and the easiest part as a builder. Yeah. So, it is actually the shortest part of the process is building the actual house. Once you've got this critical work as a foundation, yeah. um, the rest goes up relatively easily. And that is so my testimony with Paul. Like I spent so much time and years, you know, developing my relationship with God and becoming healed and whole and, and, and all these things and knowing my purpose and values and flourishing in that sense. And so by the time me and Paul got together, it was actually really easy and, and quite quick, you know, not saying you have to pattern yourself directly after us, but the actual like relationship part with me and Paul was actually the house went up quite quickly, but we'd done so much foundation work before we even got together. Yeah. And I, I think too, that's a really important point because we're in a generation who, uh, who value the visible 
Yes, the right. Instagram generation. Right. The, the, and, the, and the instantaneous. Yeah, that's that exactly right. And so I think that's a really important takeaway that one of our values should be um, the, the, found, the, the thing that no one can see, which is the foundation, rather than the Instagram pic with the good looking guy. And it's funny because often the people that post the most, this is what I found, the people that post the most do not have the best relationships necessarily. My, I've had my mother-in-law would always say to me, people that keep having to post about their relationship, I worry about them because <laughs> their husband or wife is right there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we. Yeah, we, it's, marriage is not a microwave relationship. It is, it is a slow cooked meal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a whole different kind of preparation is required for it, right? You know, just whack it in and it's ready for in 30 seconds. Totally. You know, we live in a microwave generation and, and that is fueled by social media and all these yeah. kind of things. And, and um, there's one thing that you just can't microwave and it's a, a good lasting relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, so, okay, I guess the question from here becomes, um, well, how do we get the foundations right? How do we actually lay the right foundations? And so the first thing I would say to that is making sure we, as in me, as in you, person who is listening, is healthy and fit for a relationship in the first place. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, in the Old Testament, we talk about the promised land a lot and we love using that from the Old Testament. And, but it was never about God finding Israel, the promised land, finding them land that was fit for them as people. The whole theme of the Pentateuch was all about them becoming fit for the promised land, becoming a people who are fit to steward the promised land. And yeah. so God gives Israel the Torah, the, the law, the word of God to shape and to mold them into a people who are going to be fit for the promised land and to steward that promise well. And so we should probably think about marriage and relationships in the same way. So rather than trying to find someone desperately, mm. someone fit for us, and our needs, we should make ourselves fit for the promises that we're going to make at the altar one day. Make ourselves fit to, to follow through on those promises, right? And so now we're going to shift the focus from dating and marriage onto us as a person. Yeah. Right? And that's probably one of the most things that I would say the most on this podcast would be we have to take personal responsibility in every area. Yes. And this area is a huge, a huge one that I think people don't take responsibility for themselves and who they are going into these, you know, like you said, it's not even about a relationship. It's just about you taking personal responsibility for who you are in that single season. Yeah, totally. And that's why there's no dating chapter in the Bible. It's why there's a love chapter. There's no dating chapter. And, and we think, well, why doesn't the Bible cover such an important topic? Like, why doesn't it talk about dating boundaries? And, and the thing is, the Bible covers all relationships by dealing with you because yeah. you're the common denominator in every relationship you'll ever have. And so just like Israel was given the Torah, we are given the Bible for the same reason it was given to Israel, to shape yeah. us and mold us into people who'll be fit to fulfill promises. And so ultimately, like you said, it's, it's personal stewardship and responsibility. The Bible isn't about changing other people. It's about changing you as a person and transforming you. Um, and because you are going to affect every relationship you're ever in, right? Yeah. And yeah. so he'll, he'll transform your relationships by transforming you. 
it's pretty amazing. And so rather, and I say that because we can over-focus on trying to find someone or trying to find the one, especially while we're single, but rather than getting caught up with that, let's be caught up in, in being the one, in becoming the one, yeah. you know, because that's like you said, Renee, just then, that's what we're responsible for. God's yeah. responsible for bringing the right people into our life. Yeah. We're responsible to steward our land and our promise and our heart. And so let's flip the focus then. Let's rather than hunting down an outstanding person that's going to suit my wants and my needs and, and tick off my relational checklist, let's focus on being a flourishing person. Um, and when I say flourishing person, I just love that word because it's just the word for health. So I don't mean a perfect person. No one's perfect. But let's become a person who's healthy and whole in our heart and our mind and our habits and in our lifestyle. So rather than the focus of singleness being about finding the one, it's now about being the one. Now we're asking, we're not asking, how can I meet a healthy person to marry? We're asking, am I the kind of person a healthy person would want to marry? Yeah. You know? Mine, no, no condemnation, but we're just asking the right questions now. And so that, that is the first part of the foundation we're laying beneath our house is the foundation of personal health. That's yeah. the first part. We're going, health does not mean perfect, but am I healthy? Am I emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy and sexually healthy and physically healthy even? You know, <laughs> health... Health is characterized by something that is alive, something that is growing and something that is fruitful. Mm. That's what health is. And it brings, think of a garden, like something that, that brings life to those around it. Yeah. And when I think, what's a healthy Christian look like? What's a healthy person look like? Someone who loves God and serves God. Someone who's, who bears fruit, the fruit of the spirit. And if you bear fruit as a person, you you ultimately will bring life and benefit to those people around you. Okay. So if I see a healthy person, they've got, they've developed self-control. That's a fruit of the spirit. Okay. They've got good boundaries. Um, they're in control of their emotions. Love is patient, right? Patience is a fruit of the spirit. So they're in control of their emotions. They're not ruled by them. Um, they're others orientated. They're not self-orientated. Trust me. You want to marry someone who, is not self-orientated and you want to be someone who's not self-orientated. Yeah. Um, they don't harbor uncontrollable addictions. Okay. All this stuff, all of this is the fruit expressions, I guess, of the fruit of the spirit. And that to me is a character sketch of someone who's healthy. Does that make sense? Yeah. A hundred percent. I love it. So you said three things. You, something healthy is growing. It's alive, living and fruitful. Yes, it's producing fruit, it's benefiting others. And that's one of the, the greatest um, indicators, I guess, of someone who is blessed. It, you don't measure blessing by what comes to you, but what comes through you. And if yeah. blessing is coming through a person, you go, ah, they've, they're healthy because they're producing fruit. And so, and so how do we get healthy then? How, how do I get healthy? If that is part of laying the foundation under the house, how do I get healthy? Um, well, the first thing to do in this concrete, this concrete in the foundation, is to connect to the source of life. And your partner is not the source of life. <laughs> Right. And this is where a lot of us can go wrong. We end up worshiping the person we're with. 
and there's only one person who is worthy of our worship. Um, but our soul wants to worship. Our soul's created to worship. And so we just gravitate towards worshiping things or people. Uh, so you've got to make sure the right person is on the throne of your heart. <laughs> and um, and I, I use this analogy. I know you love this one, Renee, the scuba diving analogy. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is good. But just a disclaimer, people, this is this story ends well, not in trauma. Because <laughs> it sounds like it's going to end badly and it doesn't. <laughs> but okay, so I, I remember reading in one of my books, there was this... Um, there was this girl, like, it's a true story. It actually happened as far as I know. Uh, but she did one of those crazy unsafe, like super cheap deals um, to, to do a crash course on scuba diving. So you learn really all the stuff really quickly and then you just go and do it. And uh, you always have a buddy when you're scuba diving. So she gets paired up with this middle-aged man. He's her scuba buddy. And, you know, the scuba, when you have a scuba buddy, um, you are able to function independently, okay? So you have your own oxygen tank, your own scuba tank, um, and that's your source of oxygen. And, you know, and the point is you have this buddy to keep you safe and you also have this companion. You get to enjoy the, the wonders of the ocean together and keep each other safe. Um, but then something went wrong with his gear and the oxygen stops flowing, right? And so panic set in and he, he, they knew the emergency protocol. They get taught that in the, in the crash course, it's like hand gestures and then you have to share the oxygen and then you have to float really slowly to the top. Um, <clears throat> because if you don't, if you go too quickly, the pressure goes all weird and you can get really sick. You can even get brain damage if you go really quickly. It's called, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's called the bends. If you get uh, decompression sickness, I think it's called. Anyway, as soon as he figures out like he can't breathe, all the protocol <laughs> he had learned just goes out the window and he like grabs her by the shoulders and he's like trying to yell underwater and desperation sinks in and he yanks her aspirator out of her mouth and, and like, so he's struggling for air and he's like panicking and like pushing her down, trying to climb her like a ladder. Like people do the craziest things when they're desperate, right? <laughs> There's the word right there for you people. Um, but of course, like he's trying to help himself at the same time as drowning her effectively not that he's evil and wants to drown her that's just what happens when he tries to use her to save himself and so um she basically struggled with him because she was strong enough and she got her aspirator back and in this final act of desperation they they float he grabbed her and they swam to the top but way too quick and um so they they got the bends they got decompression sickness and and um they didn't get brain damage luckily but they are 100 percent not friends um, <laughs> to say the very least. Um, There's another moral to the story. Uh, totally. I'm like, that sounds like a bad breakup. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but you said at the start, you were very specific that the guy, he was middle-aged. <laughs> if you're a young girl, don't go. Why I included that detail, maybe. <laughs> Why? The story. Maybe that was like a past reason for when I used that analogy <laughs> that I can't remember anymore. But the point of the story um, amongst many that we could make <laughs> is about age difference. No, <laughs> where there is deep need, there is desperation. Okay. And where there's desperation, not far away is exploitation. Okay. And so think about this in the context of relationships. It's, it's the perfect picture, this scuba diving analogy um, of what happens in relationships of someone yeah. or maybe both people aren't connected to the source of life and they're trying to get life out of each other. 
okay he tried to use her to save himself and in effect drowned her or almost drowned her right and so you know in a, from a christian worldview we believe jesus christ is the source of oxygen in our lives um, yeah. and if we're not connected with him when and getting what we need from him we are going to in a desperate attempt to get our needs met um try and suck the life out of someone else yeah right? and so you know or if we are with someone who isn't connected to the lord they're gonna try and suck the life out of us and so my point is we are not a savior and neither are they and this is the foundation this is the number one foundation for healthy relationships you're not someone else's savior and they're not your savior don't try and use the other person Mm -hmm. um to meet your the needs of your soul ultimately as soon as you put a human in the role of god yeah happens Yep. It's just bound to happen, right? Desperation sets in. And if desperation and, and that sort of unhealthy neediness is left alone to function long enough, it, it'll turn into exploitation. And that's how people end up getting used and abused um, in, in relationships. And and yep. they get the spiritual bends, like a bad breakup, or sometimes that actually can cause trauma as well, yep. like, like brain damage, like something more yep. permanent. Yep. And so, you know, so I'm not saying... Um, I'm not saying it's wrong to get joy or companionship out of a relationship with someone. That's what a skipper buddy is for. (laughs) You know, that's exactly what relationships should bring, but your partner is not the oxygen. They're the buddy. They're they're the the person to do life with and enjoy life with and, you know, protect you, protect each other and assist Mm -hmm. each other, but they're not the oxygen tank. Yeah. Right. We've only got a couple minutes left, but I think that's such an important point to talk about with um, with singleness because we've got a, a lot of people in their single years feel like they need someone to complete them. And so I guess what you're saying is just like when you're in a relationship, that person's not your savior. When you're single, it's good to know that we need to be a complete and whole person when we're in our single years, because that's a great thing to go into marriage with. Because if we don't need someone to be our savior other than Jesus right now, then you're not going to rely on that person to be your savior when you go into marriage. 100%. And you're going to be a much more healthier person. Okay. So once you've done that, once you've figured that out and you've, you know, the ultimate foundation is the word of God. That's what the parable of the builders was about. Build your life on the word of God. Then you come to the foundation of values. And we've talked about that guys go listen to the boundaries, uh, boundaries and dating Mm -hmm. podcast. But uh, when you're single, you get to discover and develop what you value. And this is crucial to figure this out prior to being in a relationship so do it while you're single you know do you value the church and being a part of it and serving it and seeing her grow because if you don't and you date someone who doesn't have a revelation of that you you're going to prioritize that serving your relationship instead of serving the church you'll just give it priority or do you value the calling of god on your life Mm. Um, and fulfilling that purpose because if you don't you'll abandon it or water it down if you start dating someone who's kind of a bit complacent um or this is a good one because i see a lot of girls do this not just girls but like in my experience and observations a lot of a lot of gals have done this do you value health probably because i've done it myself like i did it when i was 16 do you value healthy friendships and do you value your friends because is it is it something you want to remain in your life once you're dating and married because if you don't you'll abandon all your friendships once you start dating and we've all seen that happen in high school right 
Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, people get really hurt. Yeah, and so in your singleness, you have time to discover what you value, mm-hmm. and that comes to this final, I guess, uh, foundation laying. Uh, once you discover what you value, you can now protect it. Yeah. And what we protect, yeah. we protect what we value with boundaries. So, like, and trust me, once you get into a relationship unless you have pre-decided what you value and how you're going to protect that value, you will likely compromise. Okay. So compromise, what does that mean? It's settling for something that you don't believe in because you're unwilling to fight for what you do believe in. Oh, say that again. Okay. So it's settling compromise is settling for something you don't believe in because you're unwilling or maybe not strong enough to fight for what you actually do believe in. And our singleness is where we build our fighting muscles. Okay, guys. So once we're in a romantically or a sexually charged environment, we've got some strength and some muscle to fight for those convictions and those values that we have pre-decided on. Singleness is when opinions become convictions. All right, we can hold an opinion, but a conviction holds us. That's the difference. And an opinion isn't going to help you in a tempting environment or a tempting situation, but a conviction will. Right, so we form our convictions during our singleness when we're pre-deciding. And so for me, when I was with Paul, well, before I was with Paul, um, before I was even interested in anyone, um, I knew that I valued my sexuality. I just got a revelation of that. And so I laid down my sexual boundaries before I, I just decided on them before I was with anyone. And I, I valued my relationship with Jesus and serving the church and, and that, that calling and purpose on my life. And I had pre-decided that um, I wasn't going to bother pursuing or being with anyone who wasn't passionate about Jesus and his church. I'd pre-decided. And so that eliminated a lot of options. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I did exactly the same. And, um, you know, so I don't think it's any mistake that you and I've both got good marriages now because we knew what we wanted going into it. Like you said, we didn't decide once we were in it. We decided before. Yes. Yes. And yeah, it's so true. And I think, the the best way to in the midst of all of this in the midst of figuring out your values and your boundaries whilst you're single well what do we do what do we do with other people um that we might be attracted to or have a crush on and la 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 just uh another great foundation is friendship be friends Mm -hmm. because if you have a good friend now you'll be a lousy spouse later yeah learn to be a great friend now to people right? Because you want to marry your friend. You want to be friends with your spouse, right? So learn sacrificial love now with the friends you already have and the family you already have with the people already in your life. Because one day when the honeymoon stage is worn out, you're going to treat your spouse the same way you treat your current friends. That disposition will still be there, right? So you don't gossip and complain about your friends. Don't be selfish in your friendships. Don't, you know, love your friends and your family well now. And that's a great foundation to build a marriage on later. Yeah. Because one of the things, because I didn't know Cameron for that long before we dated. Like, it's not like we grew up together or we'd known each other for, you know, a long time. It was maybe like, I don't know, not even two years. But his reputation went before him and my reputation went before me. And then we both had really close friends that could testify to each other's, you know, reputations. And that, that is really important because they could tell me who he really was 
you know, when yeah. I hadn't yeah. known him for that long. And so again, that's that whole thing, I guess, of I valued the community. I valued what my pastor, what he thought, you know, all of that. I, I knew his opinion I wanted to listen to when it came to the person that I should date, even though I know we're talking about singleness, but still I established that who were the people I let speak into my life when I was single. And then don't just shut those people off when, when it comes to these huge decisions that are literally going to change the course of your life. Yeah. And exactly what you're saying is because you and Cam independently and individually built yeah. those foundations in your single life, the house goes up pretty quickly. If you've got the good foundations, the house goes up pretty quickly. You know what I mean? It's quite an easy process and quite a simple, straightforward process if you two aren't in bondage to stuff and if you're just like healthy and how you've got a good foundation. So that's your, that's a testimony to that, I think. Totally. Oh my gosh, that time flew by. <laughs> fast. What, what the heck? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, Nikki, we need like a timer like Dan. No. You, we need hand gestures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, thank you to everyone that has listened and journeyed with um, with Nikki and I, mostly Nikki, over the last, I can't even remember how many it's been now, maybe six episodes. Um, I, did, I did one on my own at the start, but it has just been so, 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 so invaluable. And um, I would love to have you back again, Nikki, down the future, because there's stuff that we didn't even touch on like marriage for example even i remember one i wanted to do was how the whole we did not realize how the marriage ceremony that even secular you know people that don't the covenant one yeah it literally reflects the covenant in the bible and everyone just does this marriage ceremony like it's you know traditional and it's actually biblically based which is amazing mm -hmm. but anyway so we'll have to have you back again, but we do have one more episode to go, which is a bonus one this week on answering questions. And we've got a lot of questions for you. Yes, many, many. Yes, which you and I will try and answer together probably um, and we'll see how we go, but there's a lot. So guys, thank you for joining us and um, we look forward to seeing you on the bonus episode, but a huge, uh, everyone just clap your hands where you are for Nikki. It's a silent... <laughs> A silent hand clap for Nikki. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Love you all. And um, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. <laughs>